Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network is sponsored by Ticketmaster, official marketplace of the NFL. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood, South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination. Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Chevron with Tecron, Chevron, together, ahead. Totino's Pizza Rolls, take home gating to the next level. It's Totino's or game over. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter show here on the Miami Dolphins radio network. I am Travis Wingfield. I am joined by Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie, and it's four straight losses now for your Miami Dolphins. And Juice, that season opening win sure feels like a decade ago, doesn't it? Uh, it was a decade ago, wasn't it? I mean, it seemed like, uh, I mean, man, you had a good feeling, man, coming off of that one with a win, no matter how ugly it was, you know. But at the same time, though, man, you, it, it, was a, it was a long time ago. And then, when you know, when you start compiling losses, you know, it seems like it's even further away, man. So I, I'm just, you know, another tough one today, man. Another tough one as we experienced last week and the last four weeks, you know, as Dolph fans and as, you know, as we come in the studio to try to do a show. Um, but, you know, that, that, that one win. I mean, was it this year? <laughs> it was it this year. I'm not even sure. It, it was about a month ago as we move into mid-October here, and the Dolphins will head to London next week at one and four to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know last week, Seth, you joked a little bit about maybe turning the yeah, page. Can we to talk Tampa about Bay. London already? Or we have to wait for where, the second where you come on that juice. What do you think? Should we go? Hey, to man, London? I'm on to London already, man. I'm on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. <laughs> You Flipping didn't just lose your stinger, did you, Juice? <laughs> oh, my God. You were God. not happy about me doing that. I had Joe Rose and JT told me they were going to call into the show last week yeah. because I was ready to move on, and now you're you're ready to turn the Well, page. you know, if I talk about this game, Seth, I think I was this close if you can – you know, to getting fired last week. If yeah. I started talking about this game like I started talking well, about Jason last Jenkins week's game. Well, Jason Jenkins will not be walking in the studio this time. Man, yeah, he's still in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, you know, we have to talk about this, obviously, man. But I, I don't know where to even start. Travis, I'm glad you're driving this show because, you know, the, the – the, I know where the, I will start. The bad start, the <laughs> bad game, the I mean, great start, and then the rest of this game was just so frustrating, man. You know, and as a fan – I. 
I sat here and look, I have zero notes. I had really nothing it's to empty, really write down about. You know what I mean? I, I just I was trying to watch and absorb and, and listen, but I'm gonna tell you, man, this each week is getting more and more frustrating. It, it does take a toll on you at some point. It, just as as radio hosts and as fans of this team and people that care about this team, and I'll come back to you, Juice, here in a little bit, to talk about how that might be for the players in terms of. You know, they, they talked about on the on the postgame show there a little bit right afterwards there with, with JT and the boys, just about the confidence of the team after four straight losses and where you go from here. But I'll get to that in a second because, Seth, you had a point. I want to go to you here real quick, my man. Well, what I'm most disappointed by, and that was the word they used, right, Joe, Jimmy, and JT, they, talk, they talked about being disappointed because I think the expectations were a lot higher for this team. We knew it was a tough schedule to start. Uh, I don't think one and four is what anybody expected, certainly what, what isn't what anybody wanted. But the defense, fellas, the defense is what that, – that's our moneymaker. It was yeah. supposed to be – we just talked about this. If you look at the last four games, let's talk about the, 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 the losing streak, four straight losses, they're giving up 34.5 points a game. It's crazy. You can't – if your offense is fire, you're going to struggle giving up 34.5 points a game. How in the world are you going to survive with this offense, with, a, with an offensive line that had been struggling, which I did think stepped up their game today, and we'll talk about that – with the number two quarterback, regardless of what Jacoby wants to say, who, again, valiant effort by Jacoby, fought through injury. I thought he kept fighting to the bitter end there. But how in the world can you give up 34.5 points per game? I don't care who's on the other side. Right. Right. And I, I tell you, what you look at, Seth, is, you know, imagine this. You know, we're up 10-7 to 7 in the first. Then we give up 17 unanswered in the second. Well, second quarter, we have been abysmal all year. All year Awful. Awful. What, Awful. What do you do to fix that? That's a, that's a great question, man, because, you know, usually it's a halftime adjustment that you make. But look at these great teams. When you got a great team with Tom Brady, uh, Bruce Arians, Byron Lethwich, you know, they see what we're doing in that first quarter, you know, and make, a, you know, their adjustments. But we don't seem to be doing the same thing. And uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty sad considering the offense played pretty well in that first quarter. And then the defense went out there – you know, and just continue to lay an egg. Um, dropping, giving up 45 points in this, in this league, over f- almost 560 yards total offense. It's unheard of, and That's man. not supposed you, to happen. It's in unheard this of in this league, Do man. you cr- – I mean, I, I'm not going to spin thing po- spin it positive here, but do you give them any credit for starting games that fast? What happens – what changes in the first part, the first quarter of the game when Miami comes out like a house on fire and goes up 14-zip on the Raiders, comes out here and gets on top of the defending world champion Buccaneers and, you know, earlier in the season as well, and now you come around the second quarter and things just start to avalanche. Is it – is it good coaching early on with bad adjustments? Is what's what plays into that juice? Yeah, well, you know, most teams don't know what you're going to come with at the beginning, which is normal, and so you might get some. Each team should probably score on their first drive, or at least you know within their first couple drives, because then you know great teams make adjustments. All right, here's what they're doing now. Now we just make the adjustment. They're trying to get the ball to water, trying to run miles, whatever we're trying to do, and so both teams should have that. But when you look at a team, I mean, honestly, let's look at Tampa and, and break them down. And when you look at a team that has that many weapons, that many playmakers, how do you game plan that? Who do, who do you take away? I, I heard in the pregame show, I heard uh, Dono and, um, and, and uh, Channing talk about it. You know, we've got two great cover corners, which, which by the way, one of them did not, did not have the best game today. Neither, Neither really, one of them did, really. I mean, all the, all the receivers had a, had a hell of a day, it seemed like. But when you got, you know, when you got Antonio Brown and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there, pick your poison on who you're going to try to take away. 
You know, I think we're we man. Think and, nobody though, Juice. I That's think, the well, problem. I think we're in man at first, and then I think towards the end we even tried zone. That you know, you can't play Tom Brady with those guys in zone. No, you know, no Gronk today, and they didn't. They didn't care. They, I don't think they even targeted a tight end the whole game. Which Howard had a couple, maybe. You know, so it just tells you. And, and Fournette was a grown man, you know, dragging us down. Sure the field. So there's a lot of things that. You know, when that, you look at that Tampa offense, I mean, they're back in stride like they were, you know, when they went on that run towards the end of last year. I would just like to see us, and you, you said it best, and you was talking about what JT and then we're talking about. Seth, you said it in the middle of, I think, the third quarter maybe. The body language is just yeah. awful. Yeah, that they was They were tough. defeated way early, you know, and that, that's, that's tough to watch. Really disappointing. Especially when you got your leaders being that way. And man. on both sides of the ball. 1, All around. There's, there's not a whole lot to take away from this that you look at positively going forward into next week. And I guess the, the idea that Tua could be back in return for that game, but there's a whole other myriad of issues that has to get ironed out by that point. Because, OJ, you talk about the fact that pick your poison with these receivers, but isn't that almost an indictment of the entire program? Because all your money and your draft picks, at least the majority of them, have gone into that defensive secondary. Yeah. So if you want to build a defense and a team for the modern era of the National Football League that has to slow down these 30-point-per-game juggernauts like a Kansas City or a Buffalo or a Tampa Bay, you're going to have to compete with those kind of guys if you want to get to where you ultimately want to go. And what more can you do besides extending your all-pro cornerback, giving a big free agent contract to Byron Jones, who was all-pro level his first five years in Dallas, spending two draft picks on safeties and Javon Holland and Brandon Jones. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. First round draft pick on Noah Igbenogany, and you trot this out there against Buffalo and Tampa Bay this year, which I think to me is the class of the Dolphins schedule this year and really the class, class of the league, of the league. Yeah. with both yeah. those squads. You're talking about an 80 to 17 point, an 80 to 17 deficit for Miami. I mean, you're nowhere close to these top level teams. And I just, it makes me question, where do you go from here? Because where's the upside? Where's the turnaround? Right. right. You know, and that's all you measure. You, you really start, you, you measure yourself, first of all, first against Buffalo within your, within in your, your division. division. right? You know, that's what you usually draft against. You know, you go get the DBs you need if they have a nice running attack, I mean, pass attack. You know, guys up front to stop the run. Guys that can actually spy a guy like Josh Allen. You know, and then you'll figure out, you know, how to beat the Tampa Bays later. But the way we match up, which we don't very well, it seems like, with people, is it's, it's, it's frustrating. So going from here, I think a lot of guys, you know, I think a lot of guys, it's, it's weird when the team's not playing well. Some guys look at in the mirror and say, I played well today, and other guys will not. I think, once again, like we talked about last week, everybody should look in the mirror and say, we didn't, none of us played well. Again, even Miles Gaskin, who's going to be out there working hard again, had a heck of a game, you know, and he might, he could probably sit there and toot his own horn a little bit. But as a team, as a whole, you know, there's there was nothing impressive again today, you know. I, I mean, it was – I mean, it's just almost like Groundhog Day from last week, definitely for the Buffalo game. Yeah, it certainly was. And it's, I mean, not for a lack of trying. We did see an offensive line shakeup. I thought early on, Juice, there was something to the fact that we talked about this last couple of weeks, right? We wanted to see more vertical routes out of the offense in terms of getting guys running upfield or on crossing routes opposed to always coming back to the quarterback. And that was how the offense was successful there early on. The, the wheel route to Miles Gaskin, I thought was a brilliant mm -hmm. call to get a big touchdown there and, and one of two touchdown passes to Miles Gaskin. But just... Other than that, Seth, I mean, we talk about the offensive line shakeup. I guess it, it got a little bit better, and the offense had more success. I mean, I'm going to say it got a lot today. better. I, I really am going to say that, and I know that maybe it's not reflected in 17 points or what have you, but for the last two weeks, I did not think they lined up and looked like an NFL football Correct. team on that offensive front. Okay? I mean, you know, how Jacoby Brissett made, made it through the three weeks that he did uh, unscathed and really, you know, just a pulled hamstring if you think about what happened today – 
those guys got up there and they held their own against uh, all I heard. I listened to Drive Time. I listened to every other media member down here. All you heard about was how the Bucks had one of the best front sevens in the entire National Football League and that they were beat up in the secondary. The offensive line held up okay. I agree. They, yeah. there, there was some pressure. They gave up a few sacks. Really interesting that you flip-flop Eichenberg and Jackson, and they look like different players. Yes, there were some misses. It's going to be real easy for the guys on Twitter to go ahead and throw <laughs> up the one, you know, somebody yeah. whiffs. That's going to happen when you're playing guys who are really good football players. But I think overall they did enough to give this offensive opportunity to be effective, and we saw that early on. I don't know what happened later in the game. Maybe the hamstring started catching up to him, Juice. Some of those throws were getting more and more off target. Yeah. And the biggest thing that we all talked about, we thought we were going to see more of it today, although Devontae Parker being down, very disappointing, <laughs> does, does not, not help, help at all. I, I, I don't even want to get into that yet. But with the guys that were there, I just didn't see them go down the field enough. And when they did, they didn't seem to hit them. Yes, there were more explosive plays. Yes, we had some 10, 15, 20 yarders. But – when you see a team throwing 40, 50-yard passes over and over and over again, I'm not saying we have Tom Brady back there, but you got to take more shots down the field, don't you? You talk about the well, – well, let's come back and talk about that here in just a second because you talk about the offensive line you know, having kind of a, a, a worse second part of the game. You wonder how much of that comes into you know the defense pinning their ears back when they get that big lead because mm. you can't be one-dimensional against a defense like that. And Brian Flores talks about playing complimentary football all the time. Defense has to help the offense out. Offense hasn't been helping the defense out today. They flipped that script, so just cannot find a way to get all three phases going at the same time. 45-17 is your final. 558 yards to 301 yards. 8 for 11 on third downs for Tampa. 2 for 7 for Miami. 37 minutes to 22 minutes time of possession, and the takeaway streak comes to an end here at 26 games. Tampa gets two takeaways. Miami has zero. You heard Seth there talk about Devontae Parker and so the offensive line. Plenty of other content to come here on the postgame show. Brian Flores press conference coming up. We'll hear from him here in just one moment. Again, the final score from Raymond James Stadium was 45-17. Tampa Bay takes it. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead. And so we kind of come off the end of that first segment there talking about this, the conclusion of this game and the defense. And I think it's worth kind of going back in on that side of the football because there was so much that popped up in this game and that has really kind of become a trend at this point. We can talk about the class of the National Football League and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all we want, but over the last four weeks, it's just not been good enough in that area or really any area for that matter. But over the last... Over this, this season, Dolphins are pushing up to 35 points allowed per game. And if you include the 16th game of the season last year, you know, Seth kind of mentioned it in the last segment how... They were at that number 35 points this year, but going into the last game of the season last year, they were at 18.3 points per game allowed. So almost double the points allowed when you include the Buffalo game last season and the first five games of this season. The defense has just come apart at the seams. And I kind of want to ask you, OJ, what happened there? Because, I mean, I've got so many notes here just talking about you've got veterans that, and I know one game is is maybe too much to go over, you know, knee-jerk reaction on this stuff, but a really rough game for Jerome Baker, a really difficult game for Xavier Howard. Eric Rose had a couple of rough games in a row. These are guys that were big-time playmakers a year ago that you counted on and you knew what you were going to get out of them. When those guys start to regress, like, how do you overcome that? Yeah, that's a tough deal. And, you know, when it's what's crazy is how you, when the young guys see your veterans, you know, not having much success, it kind of trickles down a little bit, man. They're like, oh, damn, you know, we're, <laughs> we're in for one today, you <laughs> know what I now. mean? It's not what they're saying, but that's, you know, that's how I 
kind of you know translate what they're what they're thinking about. You know, those guys are the ones, especially too, that you expect not only to go out there and play well, but to prepare the best. You know, the veteran guys are the ones that look at more film a lot of times. They're the ones that, you know, anticipate things happening before they happen. And then you expect them to go out there and make plays. When they're not making plays, when I see them hesitant at times, I saw Bake hesitate a few times, which is unlike him. You know, I, I, I listened to a little bit on the radio with Channing, and he talked about how prepared guy like Zach Thomas was all the time. I never really saw Zach hesitate because he knew exactly what was going to happen all the time. So you wonder a lot of times with preparation, you know, whether guys are getting surprised by certain plays or certain things or certain things happening. But for our veteran guys, that's shocking. That's really shocking for me to see our veteran guys go out there and get beat. Our, you know, our, our top paid corners getting beat regularly today. You know, Bake in one-on-one with linebackers, I mean with the running backs getting beat. You know, I mean that was that was that was tough to watch. So I don't know how you how you get back to the basics. Hopefully, you know, I was, I was joking about you know we talked about earlier in the week whether these guys are flying to Tampa or busting up there. <laughs> I made a joke coming in. I said they should walk back and, and you know maybe watch film the whole way back. You know, and, and see if that'll help them a little bit. But I'm gonna tell you, man, it has to start with our veteran group or somebody. Have we heard of any? Not, not that you, I don't want you to bring anything out of the building, Travis. Has there been any player-only meetings? Has the players actually gotten up there and said anything or talked to these guys? Or Because, honestly, if it's, if it's not in within coaching, it's got to be within the players. But sometimes it seems like it's a lot of both. Because don't you feel like there's enough talent on this team, at least from an outside perspective, that – you should be able to get at least a semblance of the production you had a season ago. And we thought we had that in the first game over the Patriots with the 17-16 victory where the New England surely ate up some yardage there, but Miami was able to clamp down and, and get off the field in the red zone in those key areas. But you just feel like that's kind of the strength of the football team, and that's kind of where Brian Flores started building this thing. And I just kind of keep coming back to the question, Seth. Like, right. where do you go from here? Because I think you gave me the number. Was it was it 442 yards allowed per game? Was it over the four-game losing streak? That's since day one. Okay. That that's since the beginning of the season. The the thirty four and a half points was in the losing streak. Okay. But you, you can't give up four hundred yards a game and expect to win, and especially not. Again, you're you know what are you scoring? This is not a team that has uh, this this firepower on offense, and this is this is a team that's built from the defense first, and it's problematic. You know, again, 34 and a half points per game, 400 plus. I didn't even look at what it, what it was. We can do the math here really quickly. But the amount of yards that they're giving up, Juice. And here's the thing. Early on, I even heard it on drive time with you and John Jemmy Travis, where he said, is this a situation where the offense is not getting, you know, not converting third downs, is having too many three and outs, is the defense on the field too much? The defense was on the field too much today because the defense couldn't stop anybody. Eight for 11 on third downs, Juice. Same story. A lot of points. And – you know, this cannot be blamed on the. You got to score more than 17 points against Tom Brady. I get that, but this cannot be blamed. The defensive performance cannot be blamed on the offense today. Those guys did not step up. I am a huge Xavier Howard fan, and he has been, you know, elite at the beginning of this season. But today, that was not what we're used to seeing from Xavier Howard. Granted, the guy he was playing against is pretty good. Juice, you said it was kind of interesting that he was on AB the entire game. But I, you just need more. I know that Byron Jones was bang, uh, was uh, banged up this week, right? And there was a question as to whether or not he would even go. But man, you you just can't you can't get up there and let forty five get hung on you. Juice, right. I want to I want to kind of follow up on that point that Seth makes there about Xavier Howard on Antonio Brown because last year I I actually had a chance to ask Byron Jones at a press conference, you know. 
in, in, ter- in terms of matching up with certain guys, how do you feel your your traits match up with this guy or, you know, so on and so forth. And he kind of like put me in my place in a way where he said, like, I play the right side, X plays the left side. And I, I didn't know about that until obviously he told me that. And that was, you know, we talk about <laughs> 10 on 10 all the time with Sam Madison and, and Pat Sertan and all those guys that were, you know, did a good job back for this defense, you know, decades ago. But, um, Xavier Howard gets 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 kicked inside. Here we, here we go again. I'm already in my feelings, and now you're just telling us how old we are. Xavier Howard gets kicked inside on the slot because he's traveling with Antonio Brown, and I just I've never thought that was where X's strength lied. So when you're looking at matchups from a receiver standpoint, and you you got a guy that you know is going to travel with you. Do you start to say, hey, here's where I can get him and and go after him that way, even when it's an all pro like Xavier Howard? Does a guy like that have weaknesses where you can attack it that way? Oh yeah, just because you can play on the outside doesn't mean you can playing the slot the slot is a whole different animal man and you know especially guys you know when you got a guy with that, that quick quick twitch like Antonio Brown you need guys that have the same type of quick twitch and you look you notice about about X X can run with you he can he can he can you know he can put his hands on you when it comes to in short space where you got we have to work with some of these guys that are slot receivers Man, it's it's like right now, and Antonio Brown doesn't get much faster and quicker in the slot no, than that. He's dang good, you know. And so when you got the other guys on the outside with Godwin and Evans, and you got him in the slot, and Brady loves him, you know, that's that's a problem. So what I would have done, no, I'm not gonna go there. What I, what they should have done, in my opinion, though, was maybe <laughs> use two guys, you know, on, on inside. With, with Antonio Brown and keep your, your main guys that are used to playing on the edge outside. And there was a rep where they did that in the end zone, I think on the first field goal drive they allowed to, I think when the Bucks made it 10-10, I believe at one point, and they had Holland kind of close down on Godwin in the end zone on a, a they capped him and right. from the slot. And I wonder if the Bucks that kind of goes into what we talk about with the adjustments, right? Maybe the Bucks see that and they say, well, let's let's not mess with that anymore. Let's, let's get their single man coverage because we know the X is traveling with Antonio Brown. Let's go ahead and move him inside and take that double team outside is that something that happens yeah I mean absolutely and you know and and unfortunately you know it didn't look like anything was going to work coverage wise I think they were just running routes it was like seven on seven and you know what else Travis we don't talk a lot about is is lack of pressure yeah, definitely. Like, you can't guard anybody as long as we have to, and you don't get any. It's pressure certainly on not TV. Tom Brady. Not no, exactly not. right. Definitely can't let him sit there and pat the rock, man, and let these guys just run whatever routes they want to run, you know, and expect our guys to be able to hang in there. And that that's a big problem. It's, it's and it's going to continue to be a big problem. I think we've got a couple of sacks today, but at the same time and a few hits. But you know, when it was important, when we really needed it, we couldn't get there, couldn't get off the field. You talk about the third down stats. And that's usually when you got to have guys that, you know, pin their ears back and, and get to quarterbacks, get in their face, make it uncomfortable. Tom Brady was way too comfortable. I don't even know if it's jersey. I mean, it's, I mean, his uniform was His hand's a little banged up. He that's was icing it. it there that's in the cooler it. at the end. <laughs> yeah. No, I, but and you know His what? right hey, shoulder should be a little banged up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's right. Throws. He's feeling fine. Look at the drive chart here, fellas. Touchdown. This is Tampa Bay's drive chart. Touchdown. Field goal. Touchdown. Touchdown. Missed field goal. Punt. There was one. Punt. <laughs> Everybody wanted to know how Waddle was going to return punts. There was one. Touchdown. 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 End of game. You can't win that way. There's no way. Yeah. It, it wasn't even competitive if you look at that. And you know what? Let me take a step back. It was competitive for a minute there. You know, at the end of the second half, we were the, the Dolphins were down two scores and they're driving and they're what well, I think they got to the 30 yard line with about a, a minute 
or, or 45 seconds left. That was when you got hot in here. Yeah, uh, you know, it, <laughs> we started to feel like maybe the, that, that the team was moving, that, that they were ready to play, that they did what you expected, that you rise up, you step up when you're playing the defending Super Bowl champions. And when you're – I don't want to say your season's on the line. I hate all that. Oh, the season's over. Well, it's not mathematically over. But, man, dropping a one and four is a tough pill to swallow. And so you need to bring it from start to finish – and they were driving, had an opportunity to make it a one-score game going into the half. The strip sack doesn't do you any favors. No. But, uh, but they still closed it, I think, to a one-score game at one point. But the defense never, never, never answered. There's been moments like right. that all season long, it feels like, where you start to feel like they're crawling back into the game. Obviously, Las Vegas, those couple of drives late, we still, the three of us are still upset about the no call on Will Fuller in the end zone. You know, that feels like, even more it sure does but two and three would feel a lot different than one and four it would would. feel a lot better with qb1 possibly ready to come back off the injury reserve list as well and you get raekwon davis back today and maybe Devontae parker's back next week who knows about that you know maybe you have some some optimism going into that game overseas into london maybe they'll find their rhythm over there we'll see if that happens but just two quick points you that you touched on there seth i want to talk about you talked about punt returns can we talk about punts for a second was it 38 and a half yard average on four punts? I don't think I've ever seen that before. That's that like a gross right. number, isn't it? Isn't that your your differential off the return usually? Right. Right. 38 something yards. I mean, you got to do better than that there. And then also, Seth, you talk about pass rush, and we can come back and talk about this because we're almost out of time here on this segment. But just the quarter, the types of quarterbacks the Dolphins were not just beating last year, but making look like they didn't belong on the field were these quarterbacks that don't run particularly well. And I know Tom Brady's mobile within the pocket, but I mean, even the defense back in 2019, it's not, you know, comparable to this season, but that defense had far less high draft picks and free agents and overall technical quote unquote talent. And they stomped out that Tom Brady led Patriots offense. I just, I've got so many questions about where to go from here, but we're going to come back and get to more of those. Hopefully coach Flores has some answers for him here on the other side. Get your new Kia with Gunther Plus at Gunther Kia or online at GuntherKia.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Coming up, we're going to hear from the head coach, Brian Flores. Again, the final score from Tampa Bay, 45-17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Dolphins football on the Joe, WQAM. Listen to Hawk and Crowder weekday afternoons beginning at 2. Have an extra couple of minutes? Try Totino's Pizza Roll in the air fryer for extra crispy deliciousness. Mmm, those crispy bite-sized poppable bursts of pizza. It's Totino's Pizza Rolls. Totino's or game over. We've got head coach Brian Flores coming to the podium here in just a little bit after the Dolphins fall 45-17 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think I'm going to go to you here, Seth, because you are our Jacoby Brissett consigliere on the podcast, <laughs> the biggest fan of Brissett himself, who we'll see if he gets some time next week or if QB1 to a Tonga Vailoa returns, as reported earlier in the week from Adam Schefter on ESPN that he would be back for the week six game following this one up in, or not in Jacksonville, it's across the seas over in London. That's where the Dolphins will take on the Jaguars next week after a one and four start. But we've seen Jacoby Brissett for just about four full games now, Seth. Yeah. You thought today was his best? I don't know to, to pick the best. I mean, we've you know lost all four of those games. I thought there were moments where Jacoby showed some real signs of life. He was under less duress this game. Not that he wasn't under duress, but less than he has been up to this point, as we mentioned earlier about the offensive line. Um, I thought he showed some real courage, Juice. Look, he he's – I would imagine he's got to know that – he really hasn't done anything, I think, to keep Tua on the bench once Tua is healthy. Right. I don't think he has. I don't. I, 
you know, there's that whole adage where guys shouldn't lose their position when they're injured, and uh, I, I don't know that that's the case. But he, it's not like he's lit up the scoreboard. Right. You can't go in there and argue that guys are following him and rallying behind him. I don't know that I've seen that either. But, man, he, he fought hard. There were times, I said it earlier to Travis, he looked like, you know, you sometimes you see that mom with three kids at Walmart and she's dragging, <laughs> two kids are hanging from her feet, and the other one's screaming about wanting the toys, and she's yelling, no, you're not getting the toys. It, Jacoby kind of looked like that, and he was still making throws that he had no business making, even though he missed some that he had no business missing. Um, and I respect that. I respect that he never quit. But, golly, I, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen him go down the field a little bit more. When he did, there was that one to Preston, you know, Wilson later, late in the game. Yeah. That, was a, that was a makeable throw. Absolutely. Juice. He was running wide open Absolutely. there. You got to hit that, don't you? Right, you have to, man. And we, it's so funny can we turn around and watch TB12 do it right after that. Yeah, and I don't you like know, comparing people to Tom Brady. You can, but, but come as, on. At, this, at this level quarterback position, no matter what, You've got to be able to hit those throws. Yeah, if you're that's a wide, that's a there, wide open guy in the league. That's you know a fair I mean? point. Yeah, if you're going to stand up there in a press conference and kind of admonish the media and say, "I'm a starter. <laughs> right. I'm a starter in this league. I'm not a number two. When you're number two on the depth chart, then you got to make that throw." Well, True. on that topic, guys, the guys, the guy that will make the decision for the quarterback position, and I think we know who it's going to be. But head coach Brian Flores is actually at the podium right now. Let's go ahead and throw it to Brian Flores speaking to the media after this Dolphins loss. Uh, I mean, look, it's a, uh, obviously a very good offense. So, you know, the idea was to have good communication, try to disguise a little bit. Um, and we weren't able to really execute any part of it. So, um, I mean, there was a couple, you know, decent plays there. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, they made, they made you know, more plays than we did. Um, and we needed to do more to, keep, you know, keep them out of the end zone than we didn't. Um, so, Good team, but you know we, we we you know we didn't execute our game plan defensively, um, and we we've got to be better. Yeah. Uh, I think just collectively as a defense, we just didn't do enough. I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, we didn't get enough rush. We didn't get enough disguise. We didn't you know to just put it on two guys. You know, I think that's. You know that's not we, we try to play team defense here and we didn't we didn't get it done as a unit um, uh, as a unit as a coaching staff um, we need to put them in better positions uh, we didn't and you know they executed you know they made some plays as well so you know give them credit but we got to play better yeah no I'm concerned I mean, like we're out of sync, you know, in a lot of a lot of ways. Um, run defense, pass defense, pass rush. Um, you know, we're just we're just you know, a little bit of a step behind, I would say. So, uh, you know, we got to make a lot of corrections. Uh, you know, a lot of things we've got to uh, address, and you know, we'll do that. I and mean, we've been doing that. Uh, we've addressed some things, but we're not we're not seeing a production on on Sundays, and really, that's all that matters. So. Um, but yeah, I would say we're we're a little bit out of sync. Uh, I, mean, I thought he was. I mean, his his toughness, his competitiveness, obviously showed. I thought he did, you know, a lot of good things. Put us in some good positions. Um, but we need, a, you know, we need a team effort. You know, if you're going to be a team like that, um, we didn't do enough in the other phases. 
Um, but I thought he did. He made he made a lot of tough throws. Uh, I thought we were able to move the ball, um, uh, you know, better than we, we we've done in uh, prior games. And uh, you, know, I, you know, at least that's something we can build off of. I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah. I think I think you know we we were we we played a, a more disciplined game. Um, you didn't see the um, you know the penalties the the you know, we had some penalties but you didn't see the you know the real bad penalties the false starts the mental the mental um, uh, lapses from a penalty standpoint that we've had. Um, there was obviously some miscommunication um, in some areas, but I think you know they made some plays. Um, and we didn't. Um, I would say, you know, specifically defensively, and um, you know, and then you know, look, we turned the ball over. They did, and that that always that always hurts. Brian, are you into the decision to move some parts around the offensive line, including Austin Jackson inside? And on first blush, how you think? Um, you know, we we just felt like that was probably you know the, the best move is to move Austin inside and put Liam outside. Um, I thought they both had a good week of practice in there. Um, you know, Austin inside and Liam outside. Uh, I might have to look at the film and see what that really looked like. Um, but just, you know, my, my initial um, just looking at it looked like it was okay. Uh, but I definitely got to watch the film and, and take a look. Um, I thought we, we, we did some good things offensively. Um, so, you know, hopefully some things to build on there. But, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to, uh, you know, there's, as a team, you know we got we, we have a lot of things we, we have to improve on. Yeah, we kind of streamlined it a little bit, um, and you know, as a as a as an offense, you know, we felt like that was the best thing to do, and um, yeah, that was a little bit of a change. Along with you know some of the things on the offensive line. Time, basically, you know, we felt like the couple extra seconds was, um, you know, we could use it. You know, as far as you know, we had a couple uh, shifts, motions, things like that. And it was more time. Yeah, earlier in the week. Yeah. What's the point for Tua this week? Uh, Tua is, uh, you know, he's doing everything he can to get back. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's, like I've said in previous uh, media sessions, uh, he threw Wednesday, he threw Friday. Um, he's making progress. Uh, we'll see what it looks like. Hopefully, we, you know, we, we can activate him and, and practice him this week. Um, and uh, we'll see what the week of practice looks like. Obviously, he's still dealing with some... Uh, uh, with the fracture in the ribs, so that's uh, there definitely be some things from a pain tolerance standpoint he'd have to deal with. So uh, we'll just see how he does with that, and uh, you know we'll just try to take it one day at a time. Thank you.
So that was head coach Brian Flores' post-game presser. We're going to react to that press conference here on the other side. Get your new Kia with Gunther Plus at Gunther Kia or online at GuntherKia.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score was Tampa Bay 45, Miami 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. The Dolphins are back in action, and this season you can be back in the stands to experience it all live. Get verified tickets from Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the NFL, and you won't miss a single epic moment. And rest assured, if your plans change, Ticketmaster has you covered because selling your seats securely with Ticketmaster is as easy as a few taps. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. And guys, we heard from head coach Brian Flores there at the end of that previous segment, and I thought there were some interesting comments there that continue to kind of trend in a different direction from the Brian Flores we've heard the first couple of years and some change we talked about this last week on the show how we thought he was being a little bit more talking about other things outside of just we have to coach him up better talks about execution more but today juice he comes in talking about communication and disguise and how they have to be better in those two areas which I thought was intriguing because we heard Jason Taylor on the radio broadcast say how the disguise was was too early on Tom Brady and if you do it against Tom you're going to pay for it and they do today with 45 points allowed yeah you know I always like to reflect back to my days and talk about great quarterbacks and what Danny used to do all the time you know, he'd hold his snap count just long enough for, you know, the defense to show what they're about to do in terms of a blitz, in terms of a coverage. You might see a single high guy, and you see he starts creeping like he's about to, you know, take a half. And, you know, and that's how these great quarterbacks know what to do with the football, you know, when the ball snapped, that pre-snap read. And if you can get a guy, you know, like Tom Brady to, to be a little confused, you got a better, you got a chance. It doesn't happen very often, no. obviously, and it <laughs> obviously didn't happen today. So, yeah, when you look out there and you got – you know, poor communication for one is going to get you beat in any league at any level. But when you can't disguise what you want to do, what you want to try to hide from Tom Brady, he's going to pick you apart. And that's kind of that's exactly what happened today. Uh, so that's one thing that Coach talked about. And then, you know, and Coach knows how to beat Tom Brady. You know, he knows how to – you know, he's done it before and he knows he's, he's coached with him, he's coached against him. So when your players aren't executed, we hear this every week, you know, the, the game plan is there. We just didn't execute very well. And we heard it again today. You know, the, the game plan, what it was, we just didn't execute very well. And things look good in practice, but they don't show up on Sunday. I, I mean, I don't even know how to take that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm so tired of hearing that, you know. And, and so what what kind of week are they having in practice where it's, you know, they get out there and they, and they lay an egg on Sundays because it doesn't look like it. Well, from what I'm seeing on Sundays, looks like we had a bad week of practice the last four weeks. You know what I mean? That's that's right. how it looks to me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, and that's, you know – I'm listening to this, Juice, and the thing that frustrates me the most, and Travis, I go back to the offseason. I don't know who it was you were interviewing, and they talked about uh, it was a pre-draft uh, interview, and whoever it was was saying that you know the Dolphins need to get more of a pass rush because they use way too many elaborate blitzes, and that leaves them too exposed. And I was like, that was working. This defense was phenomenal last year and fantastic and fun to watch. And now you're telling me that we're not disguising very well like, what, why? And, and I'm not the X's and O's guy here in the studio, so I'm going to look to the two of you guys here. But what is happening that's different? Because I thought last year 
we were known for being this complex defense that did confuse offenses that threw that you didn't know from one play to the next what they were going to how they were going to line up what alignment it was going to be what coverage it was going to be in and now we're saying that that they didn't disguise it well so what has changed is it being called differently let me, let me put the question to juice this way because i think that one one reasonable explanation that you can point to because i mean as far as the x's and o's and stuff we can we can belabor that point until we're blue in the face but as far as the changes they made this year juice right so you think about bobby mccain Mm -hmm. exits the team a guy that's been here for a long time a a team captain who was lauded for his communication and you know kyle van noy is here for one year but that was kind of his bread and butter up in new england too was the fact that he could communicate and kind of do multiple things in the defense you also lose Help me out here. We lost someone else on the defense that I'm forgetting. But the point is, veterans leaving the defense for this Miami Dolphins team, you bring in some more young guys. You replace guys like Jason McCourty is certainly a veteran, but he comes in for Bobby McCain. And is that kind of the cause of some of the communication breakdowns and the inability to kind of know this defense like the back of your hand so that it's not as easy to disguise because you don't have that quick reactionary ability because you don't have that confidence in the defense? Yeah, well, I think Jason should have the edge on anybody. You know what I mean? He's been in the system before. He knows the system, you know. You know, he's a, one, of, one of Flo's former players before he was you know, a current player with him. But, yeah, it does. I mean, young guys for one. I mean, Javon Holland, I saw him around the ball a lot. He had a lot of – I think he had a lot of tackles today, which you don't really want to see a lot of times from your safety position. Some pass breakups. Some, some PBUs and things like that you'd like to see. But I think, you know, he had, what, seven tackles today? I don't know how good that is at safety, especially if he's not a safety in the box making yeah. those plays. If he's in the box, I get it. But, you know, when you're making him down the field from – receivers or tight ends or, or running backs running free, that's a different story. So, I, you know, I, I'd like to put it on the fact that we've got some young guys in there, Travis, but at the same time, we've got a lot of guys that were here last year, you know, and, and, and I know we got a bunch of guys that, you know, he knows that are, that are multiple, can do different things. And when you have multiple guys that, are, that can do different things, you should be able to mix it up and do some of the things that confuse and, and you know, and, and try to throw guys off. Hell, I remember playing against New England when he was there, and they had like everybody standing up. Like as a as an offensive line, who do I block? As a wide receiver, who am I hot off of? I don't see any of that. This might be just line up and play it now. So the part about disguise, I didn't see any of that from the beginning of the day today. You know what I mean? And like you, you alluded to, Jason Taylor on the on the broadcast on the radio broadcast said, you know, that's that's not a good disguise. You're showing things way too early. That's, that's not what we're used to from that defense. And like Seth said, that is what worked for us. That's so all I don't season, know why though, right? We have, yeah, exactly right. It's all season they haven't been able to get to that stuff. And I, I don't I don't know the reason for it. I certainly – it's above my pay grade, that's for sure. But, you know, you talk about him mixing it up. One of the things they touched on was mixing up the offensive line. And he said on that press conference that he thought that Liam at left tackle and Austin Jackson at left guard looked good in practice and thought that today it looked okay. But, of course, he has to go to the film. But there's one thing I want to get to here with you, Seth, real quick, because I, I thought this was a, a big – Big departure from usual Flores language when he was asked about the team's performance. Usually we get, you know, execution, make corrections, all the the stuff we're used to hearing. But he said, I am concerned. He did. He did. That was very open, very honest. And look, we I'd imagine that fans who are listening want to hear they they want him to be concerned because if he's not concerned, then you're scratching your head. But but that was very open. And if he's saying that to this group of media members that are sitting there in the postgame presser, I can only imagine what's going through his head, Juice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's a matter of just, well, stepping on the field, we're going to kick this guy's ass and yell at this guy and fire that guy. It's got to be more than that at this yeah. point. And I, I don't think he's going to leave any stone unturned. 
But when you do that, I, I have to believe he felt that way since the Buffalo lost 35 right. to nothing. Right. So when you're trying to make adjustments and you're trying to do things and it's not being corrected or you're not seeing improvement or you're seeing different challenges from week to week, I, I can't imagine. That's why he gets paid the big bucks, <laughs> right. but that's got to be frustrating and concerning. It has to be. Especially when he felt like they played better in certain areas, which I agree with him on this in terms of the discipline. They only had the five penalties today for 32 yards, I think it was. Yeah, we're not talking but, about that. But you weren't jumping off sides in a punt, right? Like, you're not right. giving the the, the right. Bucks free possessions. You're just getting outclassed and, well, and out-physical. you got to get him to punt first, Travis, <laughs> to jump off sides on That's more. true. Damn it, that's a good point. That's a really good point, Seth. You know, we, he'd also touch on the fact that so he was asked about Tua Tungavailoa there at the end of that press conference, and he said, we'll see how practice goes this week. So I have to imagine that's going to be something we massage as the, as the week goes along, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I'm sure he'll have a, a game status report on Saturday if he is off the injury uh, the injury reserve there for that game. But just a quick note here for you guys that, I, that Seth sent me across Twitter. Uh, just maybe some encouragement here. I, I guess i got to find it somewhere. With Tua Tungavailoa, Brian Flores is 7-4. and four. Without him, he is 8-16. and 16. So take that mm. for what you will. Finn Maniacs, right? Finn Maniacs, yes, he was. Hassan Patel, thank you for that tweet, Hassan. We appreciate that. Uh, get your new Kia at Gunther Plus at Gunther Kia or online at GuntherKia.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Raymond James Stadium, Buccaneers 45, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much more only at the Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. And Juice, we left off that last segment talking about the Brian Flores press conference, and Seth kind of teed you up there for a point that I wanted to get back to because we didn't have time to cover it there. But just talking about the Flores message there and talking about how he is concerned, how we are out of sync in a lot of ways, a little bit of a step behind, he said. And then he went on to kind of list some of the units that he thought were a step behind, and it was pass rush and pass defense, and most notably about the defense there. And so what do you take away from Coach saying that to to the media and, and what might be his message to the team right now that we are out of sync in many ways and he is, in fact, concerned? Yeah, you know, he should be concerned because I think I, what I talked about earlier is how you, as a coach, when you go in, you feel like you had a good week of practice and you felt like you prepared and everything's looking good and then you go out there and it doesn't happen that way on Sunday. That's happened to him a few times now. That's got to be season. fool's gold at this yeah, point, exactly right? Exactly right. So, he, so what he's seeing in practice that's not translating on Sundays it's got to be frustrating. So I, I get it. I get it. And don't think that, you know, don't, don't think that Coach Flo doesn't hear the, the, the whispers too on what's going on with this team. And, you know, everybody's kind of on a hot seat and all those different things. He's not on a hot seat, you know, but don't think that, you know, he doesn't feel like there's a there's pressure out here to, for him to go out there and perform. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, as, as a head coach, we talk about all the time, and you, you mentioned the, you know, Coach Flo's record. He's got a record. You know, just like the quarterbacks and head coaches. Yeah. So when it's starting to show, these starts are not good for any head coach or anybody ever involved in football. You know, last year or this year, we thought, you know, we'd get off to a better start this year. Of course, there's some games on the schedule that we thought would, would be tough ones for us at New England, Buffalo home, because Buffalo is the cream of the crop when it comes to, you know, definitely the AFC East for sure. Thought we can get at Vegas, thought we can get at Indianapolis at home. And we knew this Tampa game was going to be. <laughs> it's going to be a monster like it was. <laughs> but the way we're showing 
I think that's the frustrating part that Coach Flo is going through. We're not showing up like the, like we should in games like this, you know, and in, in any game. Not me personally. Remember, I talked about it when we were at Bow Campers the other day that I thought that, you know, this, we're usually a better team on the road. Right. Less distractions. You know, it's right up the road. It's we got to get out away. of the state, I think. <laughs> Maybe the state is still a <laughs> home game for week. us. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably yeah the out of the country might us. be, yeah. <laughs> well, we well don't, listen, we if don't they're go, not better, yeah, you're exactly right, Juice. I'm sorry to jump in, but if they don't, put up a better performance against Jacksonville and it's an NFL team and I get it but if you're in London against Jacksonville I mean we have to be expected you're a long something. way yeah. from must win territory but you're getting awfully close to it because I mean not even just must win Seth I mean just must show must show must yeah. look something must yeah, prove that you, there's something, there's man. something to this that you can kind of hang your hat on I just agree. just develop some kind of identity right Juice I mean yeah. last year Seth talked about it the defense was clearly your identity the takeaways the aggressive pass rush that put these quarterbacks in peril and made them make quick decisions and the, the cover guys the in the amoeba back end defense? Where's the amoeba, the amoeba defense? defense where is the amoeba defense Seth Levitt wants to know. He's going to put out a missing uh, a reward for that. Apparently, <laughs> I think is where we're going with this. But, Trying to find Matt yeah. Roth it, and the Amoeba. Uh, I, maybe, maybe it's maybe there's something. And Flores talked about this juice. We can go ahead and close out the first hour with this. Maybe this is what the identity can can become because Flores talked a little bit about some things they they showed offensively. Because if there was one thing they did today, it had to be on the offensive side of the ball and getting the ball down the field in the passing game. And you and I touched on this multiple times throughout the course of the last five weeks doing the show with you guys that we just need to see more vertical routes, guys yeah. going up the field, even just crossing routes, catching the football, running with the football, opposed to coming back to the quarterback. I thought we saw that a couple times today, and you know I'm going to harp on this until I'm until I'm you know six feet under the earth at this point, but Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the accuracy and precision of hitting guys in stride, that's his strength. I hope, I think that can be the thing we hang our hat on going forward, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to be it. I think the fact we are taking some chances now, and we do know about Tua's accuracy. That's that's important. It really is. But then you know what, though? You also start off by you, know, you lose Will Fuller early in the week. You lose Devontae closer to game time. Then what do you? Then how do you, you know, scrape this all together with some of these guys out there? You know, Can I, I we talk get... about that for a second, too? Sure. Okay. And, and this is a tough subject. And I am the least guy, using the word tough, I am not tough. At all, in the least. I'm not going to question the toughness of an NFL player. Well, compared to myself, because every one of them could kick my butt. But in this league, when your season is falling apart and you've lost three straight and you have an opportunity to play a game like this, don't you want guys to step up and find a way to play? Yeah, you really do. You know, And these are the opportunities, man. You Playing against the best is what brought out the best in most of the people I know, you know, in any sport. You know, but I thought, like Seth talked about, I, I saw bad body language way early in this game, mm. and it continued obviously throughout the last snap. You know, and and that's that's, I, I don't know, I don't know what fires these guys up. I don't see any emotion. You know, football is an emotion game. You when I know a lot of times it starts, and you know, from from the guys in the top. We talked about Jacoby and how he's real cool and calm and collected all the time. There's no energy on that offense. Nobody's interjecting any energy on that offense. And, you know, when you get down, when you're going against a team that's going to score, you should be excited about the opportunity to go out there and score. Granted, Tampa's got a great defense, but their secondary was decimated a little bit. Their front four really didn't – they didn't really get there that much. There's some pressure. But Jacoby plays better off script. You Absolutely. Know, time. So, I mean, did have some, we had some drops again today. So we just, yeah. like Coach said, we just cannot put it all together, man. It, it's a it's a collective effort of, you know, guys not getting it done, especially when you need to get it done. 
Yeah, that complimentary aspect of the game has just not been there for them at all this season. Seth, you want to jump in real Well, quick? I wanted to ask about the drops, right? I know when it comes to receiver play, we love to talk to you about this, Juice. I know you and I have debated over catchable balls in the past. You know, there have been guys in this league, certainly on this team, where they've talked about you got to get them involved early, right? Go to these receivers early, get them a few catches so they stay focused and energized and excited. There was a lot of talk about, especially once you knew that Parker wasn't playing, that Jalen Waddell was going to get a lot of touches today. We didn't see it, and late in the game, there were a couple drops. One maybe wasn't a great ball. The other one led to an interception, which led to points. Does that happen? Can can that happen to a guy where you're not getting involved early, you thought you might, and then you start to have a lapse in focus? You know, start pressing. That definitely can happen, man, especially for a young guy. You know, and, you know, six targets today, just a couple grabs. Talk about a couple drops. One that led to the pick towards the end there. I mean, I, you know, you, you always got guy, and I, I say this all the time, and people don't understand. You're also you're also watching scoreboards at times. You know, or even last week's scoreboard. You see your buddies balling out yeah, there. I hope he wasn't watching you, the Cincy yeah. game. Well, yeah. <laughs> you see your buddies out there balling, having great games, and then you sit back, you know, you feel like you have to do something out there. You got to show that, you know, you're worthy of where you're at. And who knows how much emphasis they put on him, you know, during the week, mm. you know, in terms of like, all right, we're going to get you going. But then they get him going, then they stop. I don't, I don't get it. And even though they try to throw a couple passes late, six targets is not enough for Jalen Waddle. When you're down a couple of your number one guys, six targets is not enough. What about touches? All right, we only hit. He's back to returning kicks. There's one punt today, you know, no kickoff returns. I mean, we had nothing with anything. So if he's not doing it, getting the ball in his hands on return game, we got to find a way to get the ball in his hands more and often. I thought they schemed up an easy touchdown for him early on in that game, where they get a kind of a eh, bogus pick play there on Gasicki, but also then the pass behind him and hits his hand and it goes incomplete. Let's go ahead and pause ten seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 